Hello, I'm Amy. And I'm Ash. And we are Rainbow, Rainbow Kittens. Today is Sunday, August 13th, and it's time for another mental health discussion. I'm going to interview Ash about her new treatment journey. We'll talk about what it looks like to come out of depression, and we will talk a little bit about social media. We do need to let you know that today's podcast is going to be a little bit more serious, and we'll be talking about some very difficult topics, including suicidal ideation. If you or someone you love needs help, please reach out to a mental health professional. If you need help finding one, please reach out to us. And remember, you have value just because you're you. Now, let's get to it. Ash recently started ketamine treatments, and let's find out some more about that. Right. Ash, um, tell us about your diagnosis to get started. Well, I have bipolar disorder, mm -hmm. one, um, and ADHD, as well as bipolar depression, mm -hmm. um, and that, that rounds up my top three mental illnesses. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bipolar one or two? Bipolar one. Okay. Um, well, what have the last three months been like for you? <sighs> this is a tough conversation. Um, it is. So it's been up and down for mm -hmm. a little bit. Then it went down and further down. And I got to the point that I was considering suicide. I know that's a tough way to start this. It is. I think it's important to be honest, though, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I isolated myself away from my family and my friends. Yep. I quit enjoying things. I, I mean, I love coffee, and I just, I, I quit loving coffee. I quit <laughs> loving watching YouTube videos. I quit everything. Yeah. It was just a very bad time. It was. It was really hard. And I know it wasn't easy on you. <clears throat> it's none of it's easy. It's not easy on anybody. No. Um, but I think the important part of that is that you kept going. Yeah. Even when you didn't feel like you could, you did. So during that time, what did keep you going? You. <laughs> you kept giving me hope. <laughs> Um, sorry, I may cry a little bit during this. Me but... too. That's okay. <laughs> and I know this probably doesn't make any sense, but I was also scared and embarrassed about feeling the way I did and that and how that would affect my family. <clears throat> I just um I can't I couldn't believe I was that far down down and I don't know I, I love my family very much and I don't know I just I kept holding on to maybe I wouldn't I would be a little more tolerable <laughs> <laughs> um I mean we didn't really talk about this part beforehand but <clears throat> I was also in a place of, like, I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to be alive anymore. I'm sorry. 
it was just really hard, I think, for both of us. Yeah. But I was reading about that feeling the other day, and it's called passive suicidal ideation. You're not making plans, but you're not trying to live either. Yeah. And I'm really glad that both of us have sought help. Um, And I'm also really glad that we've got each other that we've kept supporting each other through this and um you know I think I think all of our families love us very much and would be absolutely devastated if anything happened and our friends too yeah I mean probably anybody listening to this podcast (laughs) yeah because we know it's all friends that are listening (laughs) (laughs) which we appreciate very much but um I think two key people who've really helped have been my sister and your sister yeah I didn't think I would cry so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's, this is a really difficult topic. It really is. We've been in a really, really just foreign place. That's such a good way to put it. It has been very foreign and very dark. Yeah. But, um, you know, your sister kept checking in. She, yeah. Even when you weren't responding, she would reach out to me just to make sure that you were doing okay. And I think just having that, um, even though, I think the point of this is that even if, if you know somebody's going through a really tough time, even if they're not reaching back out to you, the fact that you're reaching out to them is so, so meaningful, probably more than you'll ever know. And yeah, because there was there was two weeks there that I didn't answer a text, I didn't answer a phone call. Yeah, I didn't. Well, three weeks almost. <laughs> I just ignored everyone. But it was no, I didn't ignore it. I read every message. Yep. And I looked and watched every call. Yep. I just couldn't bring myself to answer. To respond. And um, Carrie too. Yeah. Was absolutely. I mean, she was so supportive and always like checking in and making sure we had what we needed and um you know just being there so Carrie and Cassandra we we appreciate you very very much and and all of our family family. and friends and everybody around us has been just so supportive and loving and that's a huge help yes um sorry we got so derailed from the questions (laughs) um Okay, well, going back, what sort of treatments did you try during that time to help with the depression? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I tried everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we tried medicine after medicine, and none of it was digging me out of the hole. I tried pills. I tried shots. Yep. And all the time, I was doing talk therapy. Um, and, you know, in the, in the past, was it six I don't know, it's probably been like four months, um, I changed my therapist. Yeah. I had been, I had been seeing the same therapist since 2017. Yeah. And I think we got to a point that it was, it was not constructive or it was not, I was not progressing. I was catching myself lying to her. And she wasn't pushing anymore. Yeah, she wasn't pushing anymore. It was more like a 
we were we were paid having friendship. a friendship. Yeah, it, it was a paid <laughs> friendship. I guess we had. I mean, I had a good time during therapy, which is not necessarily what you need to do. <laughs> um, but I switched to Better Help, mm-hmm. and I tried Better Better Help for a month. Yep. And I couldn't find a therapist that worked for me. Yeah, you bounced around. Yeah, because I, I went to you. two or three. Because you can do that with Better Help. You can change your therapist if it's not working, and they don't give you an issue. Um, it's a good resource. Um, I just didn't find my my match. Yeah. Um, but I did later find my match um, with uh, actually a girl who is in in the same building as my psychiatrist. Right. They're part of the same practice. Yeah, part of the same practice. Um, and she and I um, have been able to start picking apart my past and... Um, picking apart now and trying <laughs> to find some 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 ground to stand on um and plus she's gay too yeah and i think that really helps i think so too she's also from east tennessee yeah yeah and so um, i think she understands a lot about your where i came from and yep. the type of you know situations i've been in yeah so it's a little easier to kind of relate and plus She's super tough. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean as in like she yells at me or anything like that, but she just, she doesn't tolerate me just going, eh, I don't know. It's solid answers. She holds you accountable. Yeah. I really like does. That. That's nice. Yeah. So, that, I mean, those are a lot of the things that I tried, you know, talk therapy pills. Uh, we I, have a shoebox full of pills. Yeah. Of, of, Failed pills. Yeah, failed <laughs> prescriptions. Uh, yeah. Um, well, what finally pushed you to try ketamine? It it kind of happened quick. Yeah. Um, real I mean, quick. The, yeah. The I was talking to my therapist, and she was just reassuring me from the research end of things, and also my psychiatrist too, telling me you know the research with with it was. Uh, it's not deep when it comes to bipolar, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, so everything's um, been very helpful. Yeah. Uh, and but, I guess to go back a little bit, when we say it happened very quick, I think, you know, the psychiatrist had talked to us about it as yeah, an for option a, a while ago. Yeah. And she kind of had mentioned it a couple of times um and as, as an as a possibility yeah if she was like you know if none of these medications work then we can try the these are some other options and then the other option was um i always tms tms i always want to say tps I, but i want to say tps too that's from uh office space oh <laughs> maybe <laughs> tps report yes <laughs> But it's TMS. It's trans something something cranial. Yeah. Some mod model. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to mess it up and tell somebody wrong. It's like little electrical signal signals to your head. Yeah. Basically. And it's worked with bipolar depression. In yeah. The past. Um. And we we know some folks who've had that and have had some success with it. Yeah. So, um, I guess what the like the the was it the 
Thursday. Yeah, the Thursday before you started treatment. You started a treatment on a Friday. I did. So the day before, you were talking to your therapist. And I said, okay, let's try this. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, going back to your question of what finally pushed me. Yeah. I was, I was talking to my therapist. And I was talking so plainly about suicide mm. that it scared me. Um, I didn't know that. I, uh, I, I had done, I've done research on the ketamine trials and therapy and, you know, the nasal spray, the IV, the, you know, whatever version of it. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was just because I was talking so plainly about something that was not okay. And so did you say, I think I need to do this? Or did Am- your therapist well, say you need said, to do have this? she said, have you considered the ketamine treatments? Uh-huh. And I said, you know, I really have been looking into them. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I could do it. And she said, well, we could get you signed up tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, wait, what? But I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because she said, it, you know, a, a treatment can make you feel good in the same day. Yeah. So. And you was... texted me at work and said, can we be there at whatever time tomorrow? And I said, yes. Yes. <laughs> so shout out to my coworkers who really rallied and helped me out that day. Because, um, you know, they just jumped in and helped out. I'm really lucky to work in a place where I have such supportive people all around. Yeah. So, um, well, what, when you started ketamine, what was the, what was the psychiatrist recommended course of treatment? Um, she said, normally you do it two times a week for a month Uh and then you do it one time, one time a week for a month and then as needed afterwards. But because I'm bipolar, or I have bipolar, um, she has to help me watch out for mania and psychosis, mm-hmm. both of which I've gone through in the past. Mm-hmm. And whew, what a wild ride those are. <laughs> um, but so we, we've kind of been taking it one appointment at a time. Right. So this... Uh, this is this last treatment was the only one that we've been to that I've been like immediately signed up for the next one yeah they have made me wait in between so I think that'll be probably how it progresses yeah and not to toot my own horn but I think I've gotten pretty good at recognizing your signals for when you have an onset of a out of mania or psychosis yeah. so i've been trying to pay extra close attention and um and i guess we need to define mania mm-hmm. um Go ahead. for me mania is grand ideas um it's thinking that i'm completely and totally um bulletproof yeah and that i can do anything and as many things as possible and i'll stay up for days um, and not sleep. And yeah, I'll get a lot done, <laughs> but it won't be complete. It won't be finished work. Jumping from task it's, to task. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I think it's important to note too, a big misconception about bipolar disorder is that mania is you're super happy and yeah. you're like, you know, yay, yay, yay. I'm going to get things done. But that's not, that's not it. At that's all. not how you experience that, Yeah. That's it. not my experience. Um, I mean, you, you have had bouts of mania where, you know, your emotions run more, much more towards the anger spectrum. Yeah. I have range and, issues. Yeah. And you like get set off at really minor little things. Yeah. Um, and so. set off as in like, I'm getting ready to punch this wall. Yeah. I'm going to put my fist through this wall and I'm going to put my fist through the next person that crosses me. But that's, uh, oh, well, let's note you've never hit. I've never hit. Oh gosh. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I just want um. to. <laughs> <laughs> I think the difference now is that you recognize that. Yeah. I, I think in the past I didn't. And that's why I was probably in some trouble yeah. when I was growing up. Yeah. Well, um, moving on to the next question, what what's the cost of this treatment? <clears throat> it's expensive. Yeah. This was something we had to kind of prepare for. Mm-hmm. We had to pull some money from savings and just, you know, make a plan to pay for it. Yeah. And it, this, and, in, and even, this is expensive for us, but it's even more expensive in other places. Right. So the place that I go, and I I don't like to say their the name of the place because I haven't asked permission. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but they have the most affordable. Yeah, that I've seen. Yeah, I mean people are paying upward of five six hundred dollars a treatment. Really, I didn't realize yeah. it was that expensive. Yeah. They had kind of prepared us for the what the cost was going to be like, and um. I'm okay with saying this. I worked for Barnes and Noble for a long time and I had a 401k there and it's not, it was not like, you know, it was not going to be enough for us to live on. Yeah. So, um, we went ahead, we made the decision to go ahead and cash that out and take the penalties and use that money um, to pay for the treatments. And even though they're at a very, like at a, a discounted cost right it's i mean still... they, she's really made some uh, sacrifices yeah to keep the cost low for her patients yeah um but it's still you know quite expensive especially two treatments a week yeah you know i mean so that's eight in a month it, yeah. it adds up pretty quick it does but we're very lucky that we're in a position to be able to you know make it work yeah so i'm happy about that me too well especially your first treatment but also the other subsequent treatments you've been incredibly nervous and your blood pressure has been very high (laughs) and your pulse rate has been very high so what were you so nervous about for the treatment oh gosh um (laughs) My blood pressure's been like 160 and 180 and all kinds of crazy nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> pulse has been in the hundreds. Yep. Um, it's okay. The I was I was scared that by using a drug like ketamine that it would take me off the deep end. Mm. 
yeah. I was scared that it would like completely like ruin my brain. Yeah. And I was I was scared about getting addicted. Mm-hmm. Because I had a problem with addiction in the past. Yeah. And it was very hard to get over. I mean, it's been, I haven't had a drink in 15 years. And I haven't done any type of drug in 20 plus years. That's amazing. But um, I was scared that it would kick off that, that feeling again. Yeah. And so far, it's not been, I guess, because it's been so nerve wracking. I don't know. Um, but I've not felt that need for it. Um, and, and then on top of it too, I was scared of just what, just the unknown. Yeah. Like, could I have like a reaction to it? Mm-hmm. Could I, uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't work for me. Um, yeah. And then. This is a biggie. Um, mm-hmm. Judgment from other people. I, I didn't know what my family would think. And I didn't tell my family mm-hmm. um, before I started. Because mm-hmm. um, I just didn't know if they would have thought maybe I was trying this too soon or if this was too dangerous. Um, and it's not by any means. They've been studying this for a decade. Um, and they used ketamine in anesthesia mm-hmm. for years and yeah. years. Yeah. So we know it's safe. Well, and I keep saying, I mean, James St. James did more ketamine <laughs> than probably anybody in the whole world. And look at him. He's fine. <laughs> I mean, for, yeah. for you that know who James St. James is, um, you, you know that. He did many other drugs too. Many, many, many drugs. But he's he's an alright guy. He was a club kid in the nineties, and he was one of the stars of the movie Party Monster. He wrote the wrote the book that the yeah. um, movie was based on. But he's, I mean, he's alive and kicking now. He is. He survived it. I'm sure he probably has some, you know, tales issues and things like that that he has on his own. But who knows what those are from. <laughs> But that's to say, you know, he he made it through. You you can make it through. You're yeah. very, you are a lot stronger and braver than you give yourself credit for. It's, I, don't, I don't feel that way. It's taken a lot of strength to get through the past year. So. It's, yeah, it's been tough. So. Um, well, you've had three treatments now. Yep. You've got a fourth tomorrow. Yep. What has each treatment been like? What's been your experience? Oh, okay. Um, so treatment number one, um, that one I was so nervous for. Um, they actually took it really easy on me. They gave me part of the shot, waited about 20 minutes, and then gave me the next part of the shot. So they kind of eased me into it. Well, let me jump in and say we got started probably an hour and a half later than we thought we would were going to because... They had to give you two blood pressure pills to bring your blood pressure down first. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a little nervous. A little, little nervous. As um, we referenced earlier. <laughs> and plus, they, they did. They, they sat there and they talked to me. Yeah. Um, explained how everything was going to go. 
uh, my doc, my psychiatrist told me about her experience because mm-hmm. she doesn't like to do something that she hasn't tried. Right. So she's tried the ketamine treatments and she had a, um, a successful session. And a mind journey. And a mind journey. <laughs> um, but uh, after after I got the medicine, after I got the injection, uh-huh. um, off I went into um, this world of uh, magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was the first, the, I think the first time I don't think I actually thought of anything or or was able to focus on any particular thing Mm -hmm. it was just a um like i was counting things in the room and it felt so good and um i don't know i can't remember exactly right now what what all of it felt like i came over and gave you a kiss oh yeah just a little pet and it was awesome (laughs) it was it was the best kiss ever Um, it was just a little like Quick peck. Yep. But, but everything just felt okay. Yeah. Um, and I came out of it. I mean, you have to come out of it there. You right. spend an extra hour um, coming out of it so that you don't leave and still be high. Yeah. Um, and it's a warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, but the <laughs> second treatment, this one was, um, everything's, they've all been different. Right. Very starkly different. Yeah. Um, the second treatment, I tasted music. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think that's so cool. Um, my blood pressure was up on that one and we had to do the pills again. But, um, I, I got my headphones on. I put a, um, movie soundtrack, um, playlist on, on Mm -hmm. Spotify called the feel good soundtracks or something like that yeah um and i went to a a space in my mind (laughs) where uh everything looked like a 90s screensaver yes you know like the maze vortex kind of like with blocks and squiggly lines and triangles yes all this stuff i love um and it was uh it was crazy because every song was like like okay a beauty and the beast song came on uh-huh and i could i tasted a decadent sweet treat in my mouth mm. and i was like this is the best tasting song I, and i was like wait a minute <laughs> tasting song <laughs> and then i had another song come on and it felt very sour kind of like sour patch kids uh-huh um and then some other ones that tasted like alcohol like sometimes they tasted like wine or they tasted like like a shot of tequila um it's so funny that you even remember what that i know (laughs) it was crazy that's wild and then um that one that one was good but i slept a lot after that one yeah um so i was definitely um i did have dissociation and which is you know going out of your state of mind right so you kind of um so i did feel that um, but the third one, the, th- <laughs> <laughs> the third treatment, mm-hmm. um, it was, let me start by saying I did not dissociate. Right. I did not have any tingly feelings. My head felt a little warm. 
and I was a little bit fuzzy headed for about 20 minutes. Um, but the appointment started out a little rough. Yeah. And go ahead and say a lot rough. That's fine. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the appointment started with, so I had the, in, it's two injections and they put the injections through a bandage that looks like a little disc that has like a membrane over it. It's a self-healing. It's a self-healing bandage. Bandage. Yeah. Good. Thank you for remembering that. Um, but I apparently bleed a lot when it comes to, um, the shots and, um, the doctor that was doing my, or PA or whatever you want to call her, um, you can call her doctor, doctor (laughs) was doing the shots, wanted to, um, started, noticed how much I was bleeding and went to put pressure on the bandage. But the brand bandage had not sealed properly. Right. So she squirted blood all over me. <laughs> I took a picture and we'll post it. But yeah. She was wearing a brand new shirt. Yeah. Brand new blood shirt. All over, blood it was everywhere. all over her face. It was on the chair, the wall. Yeah. Arms. It was everywhere. And we laughed so hard. <laughs> because what else could you do? There was just blood everywhere. It looked like she had like slashed someone. Yeah, it looked like I had had a Dexter moment. That's <laughs> what uh, the PA said. Yeah, the um, picture doesn't capture it no. completely. Especially but... after y'all cleaned me up because yeah. I started tripping or going to the, or started to feel like I might trip. Yeah. And they had to clean the blood all off me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess that kind of took me out of the headspace. I think us just having physical contact with yeah. you grounded you yeah. way more than you normally would be. Yeah. So there were there was no trip aspect to this the treatment, but you know we talked to them about this, and they said that's normal. That's okay. Yeah. You the trip or the the spacey event, whatever you want to call it, the mental journey. The mental journey um, is a side effect. Yeah. Of the medicine. Um, so it doesn't have to happen. Yeah. And it's still doing its job. Yes. I still felt good after the appointment. Yep. Um, but, you know, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Right. <laughs> we'll see where I go on that one. Um, well, I added in an extra question while you okay. were talking about that. Tell us a little bit more about what the days were like following each treatment. Because mm-hmm. it hasn't, this is not just like, Oh, here oh, you yeah. go. Everything's great. You're totally fine. Yeah. The f- the first treatment, um, you know, I left kind of thinking, okay, this might work. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Um, but the days after it, I slowly disintegrated. Yeah. Um, I fell into, uh, like, su- suicidal ideation again. I was... That was Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and Monday. Um, oh, I was the next treatment wasn't until Tuesday morning. Yeah. That's right. And I was in a very bad place. Yeah. Um, when I came in for the next treatment. Yeah. Maybe that's part of why you were so nervous for that treatment. That too. may have been. Because you, like, you got that little ray of hope and then it was so down. And then it just crushed me. But- I was... One of the things that we talked to the psychiatrist about was that feeling. And she said, she said exactly what I just said. It's not like 
you're going to get this shot and then everything's going to be great yeah. forever. It's the rays of rays of hope and rays of, you know, things being better and having better days. And she said that it gets more and more. Yeah. And so you're not, it's not like you're never going to have a bad day again. Right. But maybe the bad days will be less less and more less intense like yes. it'll be easier to deal with them and they won't lead you to like from feeling on top of the world to not wanting to be in the world anymore right so and you know after so i, I that second round mm-hmm. of uh ketamine the days after were a little better yep and the third round and the third round the days have been okay. Yeah. I feel pretty good. Yeah, because your last treatment was this past Friday. Yeah. Yesterday was pretty good. It Yesterday wasn't perfect. Yesterday was good. I stayed busy. Mm-hmm. I got a little low um, when things in a conference that I was in wasn't really, just weren't working out. Um, but was it like just feeling, was it like a normal feeling low like feeling frustrated about you know not working since something not working out or was it like this is terrible I don't want to be on this planet anymore it wasn't that bad good see even um, that's an improvement yeah it was it was I, I felt like okay this is not the greatest conference in the world it was free but I don't know what I expected <laughs> um, it wasn't what you expected it wasn't what I expected okay. and that's okay and I started kind of going down the path of, well, you just, you, you mess up everything. You pick the wrong thing. You, you know, I, I just, I started going down that rabbit hole. And then um, I got home and put a roadblock. Yeah. And it helped too. I had a friend who called me and needed me. Yeah. Um, she was having a panic attack and in a place where she couldn't talk to anybody, but she just reached out to me. Yeah. Um, so I think help focusing on somebody else was a good thing. Well, then maybe as you continue to get better, maybe a volunteer experience would be good. Could be. Because that way you'd be able to refocus your energy a little, but still be able to work on what you need to. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, your last treatment was this past Friday. It's Sunday now. Mm -hmm. You have another treatment tomorrow, Monday. How are you feeling right now? I'm okay right now. Um, there's a little speck of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, I mean, we woke up and started giggling and yeah, stuff first thing this morning. We did. And we and were doing this podcast before, you know. Before noon. Before noon. Which would have not been the case otherwise. Yeah. there. I'd say there's been a lot more light and laughter in our house the past couple of weeks. Yeah. It's been nice. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um. And my final question is, do you have any advice for someone who might be interested in trying ketamine treatments? Um, Yes. Uh, I think the experience is different for everyone. You are experiencing your emotions and they're, and it's perfectly valid and it's, it's your experience. So you need to talk to someone like a psychiatrist, therapist, 
somebody who can help you understand where you're at on your journey. Whether you need to try other things like more talk therapy or you need to um, try different medication or actually try medication for the first time. It's not something I would jump into. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm depressed and then like I, I'm going straight to ketamine. Right. Um, I would definitely get a good team on your side first. Yeah. You need to have strong, strong support. And to do so, you need to be completely honest. Absolutely. You can't hide any part of it. Yeah. Because some hiding some part of it may prevent you from getting the help that you need. And I would also add, for better or worse, you do you need some sort of person to partner with because mm-hmm. you have to have somebody to take you to and from the treatments and wait for you. Yeah. Because um, you can't drive after. Nope. And I I think you need like a at least after the first couple of treatments, you need somebody to be around to help kind of monitor how you're doing, make sure things are going okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, that that would be a good thing to have as a partner in all this. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like a partner as in like just your husband or wife or whatever. It means right. a friend. It means, you know, maybe even a coworker. Yeah. I mean. Um, you just need somebody there with you. And you need to do research. Yes. You need to look at people. Like look at a research studies that tell you how it reacts to how with people that are like you yeah like you have bipolar disorder yeah. so you looked at how ketamine treatments affect people with bipolar disorder yeah and specifically bipolar one right um and also with adhd and who've had psychosis before i right. think that's part of it too yeah um and you know you mentioned this but that's something that your doctor has been very conscious of and wanted us to be very aware of too. Definitely. Um, Well, I want to say thank you so much for being so honest and open about this. I know it hasn't been easy for either one of us. And I think we still have a long journey ahead. I mean, we're only three treatments into a big course of treatment, but um I think that you sharing your story and your journey can be very helpful to some other people out there, even if they're not in the same place or on the same journey. Yeah. Um, just knowing that help is out there and available. Absolutely. And I'm going to plug my blog here too. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Ashdowdy.com. I'm going every day and I'm writing how I'm feeling, where I'm at, what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, just trying to get through it yeah and we'll pl- post your bloody dexter picture on our instagram <laughs> <laughs> on our rainbow kids yes. instagram okay well i think let's wrap up this segment all right all right so we've had our tough discussion mm-hmm in our interview yep. <laughs> well now we need to talk about what we're going to do to make changes in our life um as we come out of depression yeah how do people people yeah we need to get human. back to human again <laughs> <laughs> and this is gonna be a long podcast so split it up and enjoy 
<laughs> we may not include the social media section. Um, we may briefly. We may briefly we'll touch see. it. We'll see where we we'll get see where to. We go. <laughs> but back to peopling again. Yeah. When when both of us were in our very depressive states, uh, we were just having what I like to refer to as Garfield days. Yes. And if you're not old enough to know who Garfield is, go look. Google it. <laughs> or ask your librarian. Yes, find out how you can equate lasagna and Garfield. <laughs> but for us, at least, Garfield days are you get up, you eat, you take a nap, you lay on the couch and watch TV, you eat, you, you lay nap. on the couch, you watch TV, you take a nap, repeat. Yes. Just it's... over, and and then it's time for bed. Yep. <laughs> And it's um, and it's not good sleep either. Yeah, because you're you slept all day, right? And you're trying to sleep at night, and it, your sleep schedule is completely thrown off. Yeah. So you're like waking up the next day feeling like crap, and so you just repeat. Yeah. And you do things you absolutely have to do. Yeah. Like there's no underwear left, so you have to do a load of laundry. Yeah. Or you. Oh, we don't have any forks. We don't have any dishes. Uh-huh. You've run out of like forks spoons you're starting to eat with like serving spoons yeah you know you do, you're using things that are not plates you do a load of dishes yes so that but that's like the extent of it so mm-hmm. um we gotta figure out like what do people do because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a long time it has we've we've been in this rut for a while yeah and we've also had some eating troubles yeah i i when i get depressed i don't like to eat which is so wild yeah considering i'm a big chubbo no (laughs) (laughs) goofball i'm sorry i I couldn't help it couldn't help it that's not what i was saying i was just like you I've seen you be sick as a dog and then be and like, still eat. I'm hungry. <laughs> I used to swear. My mom, my mom and I both swear this, that on our deathbed we'll be asking for something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're, when you stop being hungry. Yeah. yeah that's. And I, you know, I'll, going on. I'll eat breakfast. It, it, it is. It's just like I'll eat breakfast and then I won't even finish breakfast. And yeah. I won't eat lunch, and then supper will come around, and it's like, do I really? have to? Yeah. Um, have so, you had any troubles? Yeah, it'll be. I feel I'm really weird. I guess food. When I'm really, really depressed, the thought of any food makes me feel nauseated. But then when I sit down and actually start eating, it's like I can't stop. It's like all yeah. I want to do is eat, every, like, Kirby everything in the Just house. Suck it up. <laughs> so. I get it. It's, uh, I mean, I know that's not a healthy way to live. No, but, so. you know, we, we do have to start eating better. We do. Um, and I'll also say here that. I went to the doctor yes, last week. and I'm very proud of her, by the way, because Amy does not go to the doctor unless she's dying. Well, that's true. But um, I'm, so I had set up this doctor's appointment. It took me three months to get in with a regular doctor. 
because I haven't been to the doctor in so long, even though I went back to the same person, I'm considered a new patient. So that's a whole thing. Thanks, insurance. But um, she was like, oh, you know, I mean, basically she said I'm in perfect health. I have mm-hmm. amazing heart heart health. Yep. I'm doing great. Like all my blood work looked great. Any test results I had were fantastic. Mm-hmm. My thyroid's fine. Um, you know, she really... And she was impressed. The reason that I had made the appointment originally was because of my own depression. Luckily, I was able to, I saw my um, gynecologist a couple of months ago, yeah. and she was able to prescribe me some medication to help with depression, which has helped immensely. I'm on Effexor, um, just a small dose every day, but it's significantly to helped me. Off. So that was why, but the re, the original reason I made that doctor's appointment was to talk about going back on Effexor because I had talked with the therapist and that was kind of their recommendation. So when I got to the appointment, I was like, well, I don't really have a lot because I already got what I wanted to taken care of, but I still wanted to keep the appointment. Right. So I don't know why I wanted to say that, but oh, <laughs> I, I remember now, <laughs> I looked at my list, but one of the things that she said was, you know, um, I mean, it's obvious I'm overweight, but she didn't really talk about that. But she just brought up, like, what's your lifestyle like? Yeah. So I do move around quite a bit at work. Mm-hmm. Um, Very active at work. But eating is not the be- the best. We no. eat a lot of... We eat cheap. Yeah. Oh, um, very cheap. Yeah. We're, you know, on a budget. And... and- you know, where we've both been so down, neither one of us have felt like really cooking. So we kind of fall back on what we're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Tacos, burgers, pasta. Yeah. That's kind of it. But she recommended we look into something called the Mediterranean diet. Yeah. Which she said is more of a lifestyle change, which I think all diets people say. But one of the things I told her was, you know, we grew up in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. diet culture. Yep. And so... Diet on every corner. I have, in my head, I've got the four food groups versus the food pyramid versus the plate versus low fat, low carb, low... Low sugar. Um, low... low calorie. Uh, you know, the grapefruit diet. Like, all these different things mm-hmm. are like conflicting in your head and you're like well what can i eat carrots (laughs) yes you can only have carrots (laughs) you will turn orange but (laughs) yes and i did as a baby (laughs) (laughs) too many carrots huh yeah (laughs) but um so you know she talked about eating like healthy fats Mm -hmm. and just continuing to be active but she said that i'm doing really well so i felt great about that well, good for you. I'm proud of you. Uh, well, good for you. Oh, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't mean it like that. I know, I know. <laughs> but I think both of us need to do a good job of just being more mindful and thoughtful about eating. Yes. And what we're eating. So we've kind of compiled an accountability list this week. Yes. Um, to try to make sure that we do peopling things. Yes. And to human again. Yeah. Um, so let's just go back and forth and tell what's on our list. Yeah. I want to read a book, a whole book. A whole book. A whole book. You are a librarian. That should be a thing you do all the time. I read 
I read book summaries all the time. I have pictures of books in my head. My Goodreads to be read list is almost as long as my Goodreads have read list. Oh no. <laughs> but uh, I found a book that I really am digging right now. So my goal this week is to actually carve out time and say I'm going to sit down and read and do that. Yes. And I'm going to find a plant. Yes. And this is actually this is actually a therapy um, homework. But she wanted me to get a plant from seed and baby it and take care of it and make sure it grows um, to, you know, try to get back into, you know, some hobbies that I had. Well, um, maybe we can do that today. After we record this podcast, we could get dressed and go to the store and find a seed. Good. Get dressed? How dare you? <laughs> Sorry to just drop that on you. <laughs> I think that's what people do. Is it what people do? I think so. Do people put bras on and go out in public? They go to Lowe's on a Sunday. Oh, my. Ooh. I think my parents do that to go out on a date. Yeah. It's like the, the date day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also want to do something creative, like do a craft or art journal thing. I haven't. I talked about that on the podcast a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I was getting really back into it. And yeah. then, you know, when the depression hits, all that stuff goes in a drawer and you don't think about it. Right. So I'm going to pull it back out. And you had an awesome art journal. I Thank mean, you. it's just got so many cool aspects to it. Like the collage kind of feel with quotes and words and stickers, stickers galore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to continue blogging. Yes. I'm on my 30-day journey still, and I'm on day 23 or 24. That's amazing. You only have a week left. Yeah, I only have a week left. But then you're going to keep going after that. But then, yes, I'm going to try my best. Good. Um, But I also have been putting some things on Medium. Yeah. Um, Some articles. Articles behind kind of a paywall. It's $5 a month, you know, to get access to medium you can read free articles you yeah get you get five, five free, free articles a month so just read mine no, yeah. I'm just <laughs> um no i'm just kidding i just i want to do that to try to just reach a different audience yeah i think and it's cool it's there's a, good a huge exercise. mental health community on medium yes absolutely uh one of the things that i want to do is i have this pair of sparkly vans yeah and i can only find one so i want to <laughs> know you knew where one was yeah i've only got one <laughs> so i'm gonna clean out the closet and see if i can find the other one. <laughs> oh, crap. i hope we didn't donate it oh my like, god what if we to- accidentally got tossed in with some of the stuff that we were getting rid of oh no well i'll clean out the closet and find out we this will week. find out we will report back on this we will report back on this very important issue you know what i'm gonna do this week what I'm going to go to the gym and I'm giving myself one time. Yes. Because I don't have any other expectations than that right now. That's okay. Um, I just want to get there once and spend some of the energy I have um, because I have a lot yeah. in there. Like just, just, I need to, I need to physically get something out. Yes. I also want to do some kind of exercise at least twice this week. Awesome. I don't 
know what yet. It yeah. may be just like one of the, we do different challenges at work every month. And one of the challenges this month is like office exercises. Mm-hmm. But somebody just sent out a cool link to a video about an exercise that they do in Japan every morning. And it's like a five minute routine. And it's just getting your body kind of moving. Um, And actually, there's a lady that comes to the library and teaches Qigong classes. And she kind of went over a lot of these steps with us in one of the classes. So I already had a little bit of practice. So I'm really excited about I may try try that. Yeah, and you can always do swimming this week, too. I know how much you love swimming. I do love swimming. But I don't, I just like being in the water. I'm not much of a swimmer. Like, your, your brother and sister are strong swimmers. Yes. They, they will like, swim laps they upon can laps swim. upon laps. I just like get in there and float. <laughs> okay, so maybe that's not the exercise. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Um, I'm going to also take you to work two times this week, uh-huh. which is going to get me out of the house and possibly get me to go, like, pick up my medicine so you don't have to... And, you know, I don't know. Go to the gym. Go to the gym, you know. So those will be my two this week. Yeah. And that way I'm getting out of the house. Yep. Getting exposed to sunshine. Yes. Because what was it they said? It was 15 minutes of sunshine. Yeah. What were we watching? It was that that conference yesterday. Oh, yeah. um, The mental health um, talk. She was saying that you need at least 15 minutes of sunshine. Yeah. And not indirect sunshine, direct sunshine. Yeah. And that's going to be really hard for me because I hate the hot weather. You're like a beautiful flower that needs to bloom. Oh my gosh, this flower is a low light flower. (laughs) 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 I I bloom in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also have a bonus one. Yes, bonus. Um, I've been trying to make a quiche for about two weeks now. Right. And I'm going to make the quiche. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. You can do it. And then we've got these cute little tiny little quiche dishes. Teeny tiny quiches. Um, Little tiny pies. Yeah. And then we've got the big pies too, so I can make two of them even. A bunch of quiches. A bunch of quiches. We will also report back about this next week. Yes, we will report back because my quiches are awesome. Yes. Teach me, baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So wish us luck this week on uh, coming out of our depression. Yeah. In the intro, we talked about we were going to mention social media Mm -hmm. a little bit. And because this has gone on way longer than we had planned, we're just going to... we just touch want to touch on, on something. One quick subject, and then I think we'll have another, in the future, we'll do another podcast where we talk about mental health and social media. And yeah, stuff I like think that. we can include that somewhere else. Yeah, but the thing that I wanted to talk about this time was I got really, really upset the other night because I was on Facebook, and I had this friend, we're no longer friends because I unfriended them, but they posted something, it was a repost, but... It was a picture of a rainbow, and it said, this is just a reminder that this rainbow is a symbol from God, not for, for Noah about um, 
the flood the f- end of the flood i can't remember exactly what it was but uh she said it was not for the people but it's not for the people who should have been destroyed or something like that yeah and i mean obviously that's referencing gay people and i got really upset not because she posted that because she i barely know this person um you know it's somebody from a small town mm-hmm. who i'm sure has extremely conservative small values small which that is fine if you know i think probably some of our listeners are on the conservative side and there's nothing wrong that's with being okay yeah but i think that what two things really bothered me one is i was always taught about a loving god and someone who said don't judge others someone who said love one another and not someone who said love everybody except if they're different from you so i was upset about that but the thing that upset me more was we have 15 mutual friends this person and i and most of those friends are family members and no one said anything some people that i didn't know had you know put words of support like yeah that's right and you know whatever but i posted and i i haven't been back on facebook and i don't plan to be back on facebook but so i don't know what the response was to this but i posted something like and just like that in 30 seconds i'm reminded of why i never go on facebook and I said, if you have a problem with people in the LGBTQ plus community, you need to unfriend me immediately and block me. And if you are friends with someone like that, you need to start thinking about how their words are affecting somebody you love. Yes. And the reason I wanted to talk about this on the podcast is because I think so often we see things and we just kind of let it go yeah like we see somebody being mean we see somebody saying something hateful but because they're our friend because they're our family because we know them we don't want to make them feel bad or alienated so we don't say anything Mm -hmm. but i think everybody needs to start thinking a little bit more globally yeah how is this affecting others not just you and that person but every time if you're listening to this podcast you know us yes so i want you to think about every time you see something that's anti-gay anti-trans anti-lgbt anything you're seeing something that is directly against me and ashley yeah and i want I hope that that makes people think about things in, in different terms because it's not just some nebulous thing out there and it's not some innocuous thing that's not hurting anybody because it is. It hurts deeply and it does not feel good to feel like every day of your life is a fight. Yeah. And when you're different, if you're gay or if you have a disability or if you have a mental health issue or if you're a person of color, you every day is a fight 
And I think a lot of people don't realize that. So I think it's really important. I just needed to hop up on my soapbox for a minute. (laughs) It's okay to be on your soapbox. This was something that really, truly hurt you. And it's not, it's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay to let everything like this just slide by. Yeah. Because someone is truly getting hurt by this. Yeah. People just need to be kind and love each other. I I don't even expect people to love each other. I just expect people to let people live. Mm -hmm. Um, Just if it's if it bothers you don't pay attention to it yeah go to somewhere else stop looking at it yeah that's like if there's a book you don't want to read guess what you don't have to read it if there's a movie you don't want to watch guess what you don't have to watch it yes if there's somebody you don't want to talk to don't talk to them (laughs) (laughs) and you know this is i know this is getting into the social media aspect of it a little bit that's all right but I found a group of people on Twitter that are very like-minded individuals. But sometimes people get in there that aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, because they, we have similar, you know, we're, we're writers. Mm-hmm. Um, we like certain movies or whatever. And so, like, I'll friend that person mm-hmm. hoping that they're kind. Mm-hmm. And when they're not kind, they get excluded. Mm-hmm. They get unfriended. I don't go through and tear them apart, mm-hmm. but I just say, okay, you're not for me. Yeah. And I've curated a friendship group and it's not, it's not that I don't want to see anything that's different than me. Mm-hmm. I do want somebody to challenge me. I do, I do want people to say, well, what about this? You know, I, it's okay to challenge my ideas about things, but I don't want hate. I think that's, so key it's okay to challenge and discuss ideas yeah but it is not okay to challenge and discuss the core of who somebody is right and how it's none of your business yeah and how you're living your life yes it's really none of your business how anybody lives their life yeah so so um so enjoy that little tidbit (laughs) here (laughs) as we close out this podcast yeah um but just be kind protect yourself and your your loved ones family and friends and again like we said earlier if you are somebody you know needs help please reach out reach out to us and we can help you find somebody to help reach out to a mental health professional that can be a therapist or a psychiatrist you can even reach out to your doctor if you trust your doctor they can point you in the right direction and women that means your gynecologist too yep absolutely my gynecologist prescribed my mental health medication and it changed my life yeah so good luck out there y'all that's about it for today we want to thank everybody for listening we know today was pretty heavy so thank you for sticking it out we thought it was really important to share this info and we hope it hope it makes a difference and helps someone and also thank you so much all of our friends and family who have been so supportive throughout this whole process. I mean, we've talked to people who've had similar treatments. We've talked to um, people about how we're feeling. And we've also just talked to people for 
laughs and feeling better. So thank you to everybody for that. Yes, and join us next time for more fun and adventures. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, despite what we feel about Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) But you can reach out to us there or or email or whatever. Anywhere. And let us know what you'd like to hear. If you like our podcast, please share it with a friend. You can also subscribe and leave a review. We thank you for joining us today, and we will see you next time. Bye.